The book of Proverbs this morning, we want to turn to Proverbs chapter number 14. Proverbs chapter number 14. And we'll read one verse of scripture this morning for our text verse. It's a verse that was mentioned in our Sunday school lesson this morning. And Proverbs chapter number 14, as we certainly uh, think about our nation and think about the freedom we have and the uh, great heritage and history we have, uh, there's some things that we should be mindful of as Americans, mindful of as Christians. Uh, I say this, and I think uh, many of you would just, uh, would agree with me, and uh, maybe some have not heard it like this, is uh, as I look at the things that are taking place in our nation, things that are taking place in our world, and uh, really keeping the proper uh, perspective and viewpoint, I'm reminded as a child of God, uh, the scripture tells me that I, I am not a citizen of this world. Uh, my home is in heaven. Amen. Uh, and so uh, I keep that in perspective. I also, uh, as an American, keep in perspective that uh, I, I'm not a conservative. Some of you going to be like, are you a liberal? No, I'm not that either. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. And Christian principles are different than conservative principles. And they used to be more the same, but they're really not. They're, they're, they're different. And I say all that to say that I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, overly political this morning or, or I'm against one thing or another as far as, uh, you, know, you know, being conservative things, that, that sort of thing, just to keep the proper perspective uh, of always looking at things, trying to look at things the way God looks at things and sees things. And so I believe I'll bring a message this morning that will be a good reminder for us and uh, certainly ought to challenge us. Uh, hopefully convict us, uh, but certainly encourage us at the same time. Proverbs 14, verse 34, one verse of scripture this morning for our text, and it very simply reads, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We have a problem as people, which means we have a problem as uh, Americans, we have a problem as Christians, in overcomplicating simple things. And there is a solution to the world's problems. His name is Jesus Christ. There is a solution to America's problems. And we find it very simply. The problem we have as a people, whether it be as Americans or whether it be as Christians, is we don't always like the solution that God gives. And oftentimes we make the mistake as a people of trying to put us on the same plane as God and say, we know what God says, but see if we can figure out another way. There is no other way than God's way, just like there's one way to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a simple solution. Uh, I didn't say an easy solution. It's a simple solution, uh, things that would help our nation. And so I want to point out something this morning that this verse tells us. And the title of my message this morning is Righteousness Exalts a Nation. Righteousness Exalts a Nation. Father, help us this morning as we consider your word. We consider the truths that we'll reflect on this morning. Help us this morning as we think of our salvation through your son. And Father, we rejoice in Calvary, we rejoice in our salvation. We have hope because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray, as I've already prayed this morning, if there's one here today who's uh, never gotten their salvation settled, maybe they're believing in their own goodness, maybe they're believing in a, a church or church membership or some righteous act that they did, may they be uh, convicted this morning and realize 
that nothing we can do uh, will get us any closer uh, to you, Lord, but only through the Lord Jesus Christ can we have salvation. And Father, I pray that we'll be reminded, we'll be awakened as a people uh, to the solution that you present. May we be part of the solution, not part of the problem. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read this verse of Scripture, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We must pay attention to what the Bible says, and God tells us that sin is a reproach. Sin is that little three-letter word that none of us like to think about, none of us like to talk about, but certainly we, we like to participate in, though, don't we? Sin is a reproach. We are born sinners. The Bible tells us, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That, man, that first man, Adam, the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and sin was passed down uh, from every man since, and we have a sin problem. That is why God sent the Lord Jesus Christ, because we have a sin problem that we cannot remedy. But only through Christ can we have that remedy. But sin is a reproach, the Bible tells us. That word reproach simply means a shame, infamy, disgrace. We look at some of the things that are taking place in our nation and certainly we can say they are a reproach. The fact that there's still any debate or argument over whether or not it is right or wrong to murder an unborn child is a reproach. It's a shame. It's a disgrace that men have given their lives for centuries for freedom and yet we're shedding innocent blood. It's a reproach. The nonsense that takes place in our nation today, the immorality, the, 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 this nonsense that's taking place with uh, how many genders and changing from one gender to, gender to another, is, it's an absolute shame. What we've done with the home and with marriage and with morality, it is a shame. It's a reproach. You say, well, well Pastor, that's your opinion. It, it, my opinion is shared with God. And this is something we have to be reminded today, and I'm afraid sometimes we don't like to stop and, and take focus of this. It matters not what you think is a reproach. It matters not what Washington, D.C. thinks is right or wrong or acceptable. It only matters what God considers a reproach. And friend, based on what God tells us in His Word, there is no doubt that He looks from His throne in heaven at the United States of America and He sees the sin problem. We don't have a political problem, we have a sin problem. We don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem. Every problem we have in our nation can go back to sin. We don't want to do what God says we ought to do. It is a reproach from God's perspective. If this is true, and I believe it is, then you and I as Christians and citizens of this great, great country ought to be looking at things the best we can from God's perspective to see if there's anything we can do to change the way God looks at our country. Sin is a reproach. Sin is the problem. Now, this morning, I mentioned some of this in Sunday school. I've mentioned this for just a few moments. This morning, I'm not going to spend the whole message pointing out the sins of America. We could come up with a pretty good list. They're not hidden. They're out 
in the public square. They're flaunted. They are pushed in a way that if you don't get on board, then there's a consequence to pay. I don't want to spend my time this morning speaking on the problem, although I have a responsibility to always remind us that sin is the problem. We must focus on the solution. And obviously, to be the solution, we can't also be part of the problem. I want you to notice our text this morning, and I want you to not just notice that sin is a reproach to any people. And if we're honest this morning, we would agree 100% that sin is a reproach. Sin not just reproaches the name of a nation. It can reproach the name of an individual. It's a reproach. But I want us to focus on several things in this in this simple verse this morning, I want you to notice the word exalteth. That word exalteth or exalts, if you will, means to raise high, to elevate. See, we look at a nation and we say, what is going to get America back to where it needs to be? And this politician gives solutions and this politician will give some better solutions and and everybody's got their, 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 their ideas and their agenda, it's really a lot simpler than a political platform can articulate. The Bible tells us that a nation can be lifted up. A nation can be raised high. That city on a hill, that light to a world, that example to a world. It can be elevated. See, our nation is looking for the wrong solution. Might I say this morning, revival is better than revolution? We must notice what God says is the key to a nation being exalted. See, I could, I could put politicians out of business, but just say, can I read you one verse of scripture? What's the agenda for the next year? Well, it ought to be, have something to do with what God says will exalt our country. Notice the word, right, the word righteousness. Righteousness exalteth a nation, not Republicans. Well, that sucked the wind out of the room. Righteousness exalteth a nation. The point I'm making this morning is not one political party or the other. The point I'm making is what really matters is from God's perspective. And God says there is a way. Now, don't, don't make a mistake this morning. There's legislation that promotes righteousness and there's legislation that promotes wickedness. And I think we have a, we have a responsibility to elect the officials who are going to most put in legislation that promotes righteousness or the freedom to exercise righteousness. But when it all comes down to it, what we need to do is get the attention of God. And God says, righteousness will exalt your nation. Righteousness is that purity of heart and rectitude of life. It is conformity of heart and life to the divine law. Righteousness is nearly equivalent to holiness. Comprehending holy principles and affections of heart 
in conformity of life to the divine law. Well, you got to be careful down at that church. They want you to conform. You mean conform to God's divine law? You mean conform to righteousness? Conform to holiness? I will admit I'm guilty. As the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you and I need to conform to God's law. We need to conform to what God has said. You're either going to conform to what God has said or to what Hollywood says. By the way, I'd rather let this Bible dress my kids in Hollywood. I'd rather let this Bible tell my kids what's pure and unpure better than Hollywood. Matter of fact, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, this Bible tell these young men what it is to be a man in God's eyes than the NBA. We're going to conform to one or the other. And righteousness says you conform to God's divine law. It includes all we call justice, honesty, virtue with holy affections. If we apply the word righteousness to God, it is the perfectionist, the perfection or holiness of his nature. See, what I want you to see this morning as we look at this word righteousness, we all have a general understanding of what it is, and I've given us a more of a more of a, a, a specific definition this morning. But I want us to understand this word righteousness as it applies to our text. Righteousness exalts a nation, because when I read in the Bible that my nation can be exalted. And righteousness is the way I want to know exactly what God is saying. I want to consider all the truths that can be contained in this simple verse. See, we look at the word righteousness and there is righteousness. Say, well, pastor, what does that mean? Righteousness exalts a nation. Who is that? What is that? We must understand that I believe that righteousness is both positionally and practically positionally, the saved are righteous. If you're saved this morning, your record is covered by the blood of Christ, and we get Christ's record. And He is righteousness. So the saved are the righteous. This morning, that doesn't mean we are perfect, but it means that positionally, we have Christ's record. The day is coming, if you're saved, you'll be in eternity with your Lord, and you'll be in that perfected state. You will have the righteousness of Christ. Your record today reflects Christ's righteousness. So positionally, the righteous are the redeemed. We are cleansed by the blood of Christ. You can't be cleansed by the blessings of another man. You can't be cleansed by church membership. You can't be cleansed by baptism. You must be cleansed by the blood of Christ. That's positionally. So when we read righteousness exalts a nation, you can make the application that the righteous, the saved, the redeemed exalt a nation. Not is it applicable positionally, but practically. Practically, the righteous are those who conform or do God's divine law, righteous acts. Now bear in mind, the righteous positionally are saved. You can't do enough righteous acts to get saved. It's by the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. But also, practically, 
If we do righteous acts, God says it will exalt a nation. So our text has two applications. Follow me carefully, and I'll get to a very quick outline in just a moment. I believe the righteous exalts in their positional righteousness. I believe God looks at the United States of America, and not just in America, but the world. He knows everyone who is saved. This morning, he looks into this building, and he knows who belongs to him. He knows who is saved. He knows who is called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation, and he knows who's lost. I do not have that ability, but God does. God looks at our nation, and I am thankful with all of its problems. And with everything that's going on, I still believe that there is an untold number of people who are truly saved and born again in our nation. I believe positionally we can make the argument that we are a Christian nation. Our heritage, we can make that argument. Whether or not everybody's doing what they should do as a Christian, I believe there is a great number of people in our nation, how many, I couldn't even begin to guess, that are in their positional righteousness. This is the remnant who belong to God. The Bible talks about the remnant. As long as there's a remnant, there's hope. As long as there's a remnant, these these God-hating liberal politicians who want to push away the Christians, they don't know what they're doing. Because you get rid of the Christians, you, you remove the blessings of God. Because it's a positional. The more saved our nation is, the more exalted it will be. That's why there's a lot of churches who are contributing to America's decline, but not fulfilling the Great Commission. A church who goes woke and is more concerned with social justice than the salvation of sinners is helping... Move their country away from God. Because the more saved there are positionally, the more exalted that nation is by God. The more Christians, the more the redeemed, the larger the remnant is. Now, friend, we've never been, if you study American history as I have, there's never been the majority of Christians in our government. There's never been the majority. We've had the freedom to exercise our religion. But the more saved, the more exalted. Are you with me this morning? You didn't know you were getting a history and a Bible lesson today. A second application. I believe righteousness exalts a nation in its practicality. When righteousness, when righteous acts are done, it pleases God. Now, follow me carefully. You do not have to be a saved, born-again Christian to do a righteous act. But a righteous act will not save you. It will not make you a Christian. God exalted our nation to the number of people saved. You study our history, you study the Great Awakenings, where the masses called upon the name of the Lord and trusted Christ. Our nation was elevated in the sight of God. But I also believe that God exalts a nation due to its righteous acts, whether they are saved or lost. I often make this analogy between 
the generation now and pastoring in the day now than, than it was 30, 40, 50 years and beyond that. In years gone by, as we look at the righteous acts, lost people were moral. Lost people believed in the institution of marriage. Lost people stayed away from the vices of this world. Now saved people don't even have the morals and separation that lost people used to have. In generations gone by, lost people dress more modestly than Christians do today. Lost people wouldn't say the words that Christians are comfortable saying today. Lost people had more respect for the man of God than saved people do today. See, God exalts our nation by the number of righteous people, righteous in their position, saved, born again. But God also exalts a nation just due to righteous acts, whether or not the one doing the act is saved or lost. Now, obviously, it's better to be saved, born again, on your way to heaven. But a nation can be exalted when it does right, when it follows God's word. See, it was a dark day in our nation's history when the Bible was taken out of the public schools. Because whether you went to Sunday school or not, you were still taught what is right and wrong. And explain something to me. If, 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 if you can't really know if you're a boy or a girl, can you really know if you're right or wrong? If God didn't create you and you just evolved into something, who are you accountable to? However you feel that day. You know, it, well, I identify as a unicorn. I mean, you know, what? You just, who are you accountable to? And when we have gotten away from God, the righteousness has declined as our nation has declined. Let me give you very quickly the solution as we look at righteousness exalts a nation. I want you to think with that as that positionally in practicality. Let me make four quick statements this morning. Number one, righteous people exalt a nation, both, both positionally and practically. That's why, Christian, listen to me. You need to be a witness. If you really love your country, you need to be a witness. I believe in my whole heart, if you study this book, I believe just with, if I had nothing but this one verse of Scripture, I believe what I'm about to say to you. If we would just be busy seeing people saved, God would stay His hand of judgment. He will judge, but He could buy us another generation. He could buy us another century. It could buy us some time to see more people saved. If you really love your country, you need to tell them that Jesus died for sinners. They can be saved. We need to point people to Christ. If, that's why as a church it's important. If we want to we help our city and we want to do great things for our city, we want our city to be exalted, if you will, and have a little bit of pride because we live on the first coast, the best thing we can do is not start another social program. The best thing we can do is get boys and girls back in Sunday school. 
the best thing we can do is to teach mom and dad that there's one way to heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Christ as your Savior and, and the whole home gets saved and the whole home get born again. That's the best thing that we can do for our nation. Practically, even as a Christian, if we want to help our nation, we should conform to God's laws. You should, if I can say it like this, live like a Christian. It exalts the nation. Well, Pastor, it's not as popular anymore. Well, whose perspective are we looking at? It's still popular with God to live according to God's word. It's still popular with God to live a holy life. It's still popular with God to live clean and pure. It's still popular with, with God to watch what comes out of your mouth. It's still popular with God to conform to God's laws. Righteous people exalt a nation. Statement number two. Righteous preaching exalts a nation. There's a lot of places that would not appreciate what I'm saying and how I'm saying it as much as you are so obviously appreciating it. But you cannot deny the truth of what this Bible teaches. You cannot deny history that parallels righteous preaching with a righteous nation. Righteous preaching with an exalted nation. What is righteous preaching? It's preaching that calls to repentance. It's preaching that says that you must be born again. I'm not going to lie and tell you that you're good enough to get to heaven on your own. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you you're okay. If you are a sinner and we all are sinners and you've yet to do business with your soul, you've yet to put your faith and trust in Christ, I am going to tell you that you need to repent of your unbelief and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Him and Him alone, and His finished work of Calvary. That's the kind of righteous people. People might get saved once again in their church if somebody actually preached salvation. People might get saved. They're preaching, uh, preach once again, there is a heaven, there is a hell. You're going to go to one of the two, and the only difference is the Lord Jesus Christ. Righteous preaching exalts a nation. The preaching that calls to righteousness, calls to holiness. Righteous preaching preaches this book and reminds all of us that this world is not the standard, Christ is. Uh, young, young people, young men especially, don't model anything after what you see in these professional athletes. Don't model society and Hollywood. And God help us if you let these social media influencers actually influence you. Righteous preaching calls to holiness. We should conform to this book. Well, I might be the only one at my job. Well, be the only one. And we, you think all you have to do is, is read a history book and go back to see the sacrifices. We celebrate our, our nation's independence. July 4th is coming up. We, I hope we understand what that actually represents. The signing of the Declaration of Independence. That didn't mean the war was over when they signed it. 
In many ways, it was just beginning. And each man that signed that knew they were signing their death sentence if they did not win. They were willing to put it all on the line of what they thought was right. Aren't you thankful they did that? Aren't you thankful that they sacrificed? See, we need Christians today who will do the same thing, who will conform to what God has said is right. See, righteous preachers exalts the nation. This feel good, best life now, do what you want to do, safe space, emergent self-help, man-worshiping humanistic speeches that take place on Sunday morning, they're killing our nation. Killing our nation. A Christian's righteousness exalts our nations. And Christians today, quite frankly, if I can say this and help anybody this morning, a Christian resisting righteous preaching, it doesn't matter how many Republicans you vote for, it's hurting our nation. When we resist righteous preaching as a child of God, we are voting for the demise of our nation. So, Pastor, I just don't know if you can back that up. Righteousness exalteth a nation. That didn't take much. God puts kings in place and takes them down. God sends the rain. God is in control. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteous preaching exalts a nation. Number three, righteous prayers exalt a nation. Reminded what James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know why? And this is going to be a very pointed statement. You know why a lot of Christians don't pray? Because they're not righteous. Well, Well, I pray. Well, how come it's not availing much? Is it because we're not righteous? I can say this in the the condition of our nation would back me up. Christians do not pray. Generally speaking, they don't pray for their nation. Righteous prayers exalt a nation. You've complained about your government. How much have you prayed for it? We complain about what's going on in our nation. How much have you prayed for it? This should convict all of us this morning. This should be a reminder to all of us. Righteous prayers exalt the nation. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, we were reminded of 2 Chronicles 7, 14. God will heal our land if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face. See, we, we don't need... I'm for good legislation, but we don't need a whole lot of legislation to change things. Because God could change things just like that. If we would, as a matter of fact, just let me remind you again, that verse is not, God's not looking for lost people to pray. He's not counting on the majority of Christians in our country to pray. He's just saying, if my people would humble themselves and pray. The righteous prayers exalt a nation. 
I give you number four, and finally, you still with me this morning? Righteous participation exalts a nation. I've heard it said much over the last eight to ten years. And when it comes to the fate of our nation and its political cycles and seasons, it's time for Christians to get off the sidelines and start participating. I agree with that statement, but probably not the way that it was intended. I think it's time for Christians to get off the sidelines and start reading their Bibles again. That changed a nation. Righteous participation exalts a nation. I believe it's, it's time for Christians to get off the sidelines and get back to church again. I believe it's time for Christians to get off the sidelines and start making sure their children are in Sunday school. Matter of fact, I think it'd be good for churches to have Sunday school. I mean, I mean, we, it amazes me why we can't see this is, is you have the big Sunday school revolutions and America skyrockets and people are being saved and, and God's blessing and, oh, well, that worked too well. Let's, let's change the way we've always done church. Let's get rid of Sunday school. Uh, instead of the Bible, when the Bible says so much more as the day approaches, let's go to church less. Let's take out the midweek service. Let's take out the Sunday night service. Let's, let's see how little we can be in the house of God. Righteous participation exalts a nation. Fulfilling the Great Commission exalts the nation. That's participation. We just, we just, have, we just got done. Those of you that, that are members of the church, you know we just spent, I can't even tell you how many weeks, but 29 messages on the Great Commission. And us being reminded from Scripture how we all can have a part in that. I wish I could do something to help my nation. Why don't you invite somebody to church? Why don't you be in church? Why don't you encourage someone to grow in their Christian walk? Why don't you grow in your Christian walk? See, this is not popular because it requires commitment from us. I, I, I wish those politicians would do what they said they would do. That's on them. I wish somebody would stand and make a difference. That's on somebody else. But Christian, why don't you open your Bible every day and read it? Well, I don't understand what difference that would make. It'd make a difference in your life. It'd make a difference to those that live in your home because of the difference it'd make in your life. And those righteous acts exalt a nation. Who's the one that does the exalting? God is. This morning, whose attention do we need to get? God's attention. What gets God's attention? Righteousness. It's a wonderful reminder that every time a sinner gets saved, heaven rejoices. Heaven's aware. See, when you got saved, it made big news in heaven. The choir began singing. It's a big deal. Righteousness exalts a nation. What's going to get America back to God's righteousness? 
You know, this is a good reminder for us because when we think about it from God's perspective, I can't put the weight and responsibility on a politician that I've never met and I'll never meet. But the responsibility falls on me. The responsibility falls on you. Because righteousness exalts a nation both positionally and practically. That's why if you want to change the trajectory of a nation, the more people that trust Christ, the more people that get saved, that nation will be exalted. You want to help your nation do righteous acts. You can be righteous positionally, but if you never do anything for the cause of Christ, you never do any righteous acts, you're not helping exalt the nation. You can by committing to righteousness. We don't need a political revolution. We need a revolution of righteousness. We need to revolt against what society is telling us the way to live, the way to be happy, the way to success, the way things need to be, and say, oh, no. We want righteousness. You know, it's, I don't have to bemoan the things that are going place in our nation. I, I'm thankful for the period of history that I grew up in. On the heels of some great and mighty things God did in our nation in the last century. To see some of that and to grow up before the, right before that internet age. The cell phone age. The social media age. And I remember entertaining myself all day with, man, you found a straight stick. As a boy, I'll, I'll see you next Tuesday. I mean, I... Now you can't even get kids to go outside. I remember summertime, especially you. Would, some of you can remember this too. Is you know you get up, you went outside, and you didn't come home until it got dark. We had it pretty good as a nation. Then we said, "Let's take God and set Him aside." And one of the problems we have is we need that generation to get outside once in a while. But you've got to be afraid for them if they do. Let's be honest. If one of my children went outside and to play and they didn't come home all day, I'd be afraid for their life. Because of how wicked this world is. And there's nobody to reprove it. You say, that's right, we need a politician. No, we need men to get back in the pulpit and preach against sin once again. We need moms and dads to stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this isn't coming in, and that's not coming in on that television. And these people aren't bringing that influence in. And I don't care what society says. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the public school system says. I don't care what anybody says. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to live by this book. The standard is no longer what society sets. It's what the Word of God says. And if God's people would say, this is what we're going to do, we could get America back again. 
Oh, God must be, must be disgusted as the, the, really the blasphemy that goes up and says, well, if we can just get this guy in and this guy in and we can make this change, he says, righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness will change things. Righteousness will bring the peace that you want and, and, and the hope that you want. If you'll just do righteous things and be a righteous people once again, then God will exalt the nation. We as Christians are too busy trying to pick our nation up, and God says, just serve me and I'll raise it up for you. We're too busy working and saying, and saying I got to do this and this, and God says, just serve me and I'll put the right man in the White House for you. We're too busy uh, trying to do everything ourselves and manipulating by our own strength and without, without the, admitting and acknowledging that it's not anything we can do if we just seek Him first. All these things will be added. The key is righteousness. As we close this morning, positionally, are you righteous? Have you been saved? Have you been born again? Are you depending on Christ and Christ alone? Your righteous works will not get you into heaven. Only Christ's righteousness applied to your account will get you to heaven. That's only done through faith in Christ and Christ alone. If you are righteous positionally, let me ask you a very pointed question. Are you righteous Practically. Now I'm thankful I'm righteous positionally. But are you righteous practically? Are you doing the righteous acts that you know you shouldn't be doing? Are you living righteously where God in heaven acknowledges and says, that's according to my law. It should not be when God looks down and he sees his children. They look less like him, their heavenly father, than they do this world. Are you righteous positionally? If not, in just a moment, we're going to stand. The piano is going to play. We're going to have our invitation. Somebody can show you from the Bible how you can be righteous positionally. To know your sins have been forgiven. Christian, the altar is going to be open. If the, if, if the Spirit of God has spoken to you in any way, let's do business with God this morning. We know what we need to be doing. We just need to do it. Those righteous acts, positionally, practically. Father, help us today. I pray for our nation.